Hello, everybody. Glad to have you with me today. This is the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark. Today, we're going back to econ, baby. So we're going back to econ 101. We're going to look at supply chain. We're going to look at what are some of the breakdowns of why can't we get some of the things here that we need to get and some of the different breakdowns along the way. And we're just going to kind of go through it start to finish from manufacture all the way to delivery to your house and we'll kind of just talk about what's going on what happens where the breakdowns are and possibly maybe even some fixes that nobody in their right mind would listen to a crazy ass white boy like me talk about but i digress if you haven't done it by now head up to the website downsouthitpodcast.com you can look at the show prep for this episode and it'll give you a i got a really good show prep on this one actually with a lot of diagrams and some flow charts and stuff like that to kind of just show you exactly which parts of what we're going through and you know that way you can kind of follow along if you really want to plus some articles talking about some of the issues that they've been having and and such so you can follow along there down south it podcast.com the show prep is right underneath the embedded player just look for the little link button and you can find it right there episode 706 and while you're on the website, you can check out all kinds of stuff, build guides, the Defender newsletter, whole bunch of stuff on there that you can peruse at your leisure if you really want to. All my YouTube videos are up there. All the build guides are up there. All my bunch of other stuff is on there. Pretty much everything that you can think of about the podcast is going to be there, including links to where you can find it in on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, uh, Podbean iHeartRadio, you name it, I have it on there. So please, whatever subscription service you use, whether you pay for it or not, please look me up on there and give me a subscribe and a follow, and I would be much appreciated for that. Thank you very much. And while you're hitting the links at the top of the page, don't forget there's the shop right there, the merch store. You can check that out too, pick you up a t-shirt or a hat or leggings or a water bottle or some other really cool stuff with whatever down south it logo you like there's several to choose from including the new red blaster logo that i have for this season and you can pick up a regular t-shirt the the plain classic tees those are going to be 17.99 a piece everything goes to help the podcast and helps me do some build guides and stuff like that so if you really want to help pick up a t-shirt do some free ad advertising for me and help me out and help the channel out i'd very much appreciate that as well so, like I said, time to go back to class. School is in session. It is now Econ 101 or 10100, whatever you took, either in high school or college. It really doesn't matter because this is just going to be basics anyway. And what we're going to run through today is more the tech side of things of what happens when they do manufacturing and how it gets here and how you can get your hands on that bright shiny new graphics card or cpu or hell at this point even an automobile because you know there's a lot of there's a chip shortage out there so kind of everything's going to kind of run in parallel with a lot of that there's going to be a little difference here and there depending on the product or you know supply line different things so but this is going to be a lot of generalities in this so just kind of take everything to heart and i just dropped something i have no idea what i dropped but we're going to keep going anyway so first up we're going to start on the manufacturing side and like it or not we buy a lot of stuff 
from overseas, whether it be China, Taiwan, Korea, Japan. We buy a lot of stuff that's manufactured overseas. Now, one of the first things they have to do at those manufacturing facilities is get the raw material to make whatever it is they're going to make. In the case of a lot of our stuff in the tech world, they need silicon, they need gold, they need silver, they need tin, different things like that, a lot of copper. So they need a lot of material to be able to manufacture everything that we need. Right now, one of the big hiccups is the raw material is very hard to get because of COVID and everything like that, which a lot of stuff is going to be kind of because of COVID at this point. The raw material manufacturers are having issues with that because they're having to cut back on hours there to keep people separated. They're cutting back on, you know, shifts and stuff like that. So the actual mining and milling for normal raw material that we use to do all our manufacturing or at least they would use for their manufacturing as well is strained because they don't have enough raw material going out you know at least not as far as it usually is in a normal given year so because of raw material being short then you have issues getting the manufacturing process going because you don't have all the raw material you need to make all the parts that you need so we start off, we have issues with raw materials. Going into the manufacturing side, if you do have all your materials, then in China, at least right now, they're having a whole lot of economic problems. It's it's getting pretty, pretty funky over there, to be honest. Uh, a lot of their investment firms that they had, their, their biggest one, which would be like equivalent to our Bear Stearns a few years back, is kind of on the verge of collapsing at this point. So there, there's a lot of flux, should I say, in the Chinese economic system right now. So on top of all the normal COVID precautions and restrictions that most countries have, China's actually having a much higher restriction than a lot of other countries. So in addition to your normal workplace kind of slowdowns because of COVID, the supply chain issues with raw materials coming into their manufacturing facilities to try to equal out things because of some of the economic stuff going on. They're doing rolling blackouts in different areas. So they're having factories that'll be down because they don't have the electricity to turn the machines on. So they're having issues on that side on top of everything else. So let's just say for the sake of argument at this point, that they're able to make something completely from start to finish. They got all the raw materials, everything works, they got electricity, all of, all the machines are working, that kind of thing. So from there, you go into a QC process, so quality control, you pack it, and then you store it. From there, you, you wait until it actually gets ordered and shipped, which usually at this point, because of everything being slowed down for COVID, Everything is on order. So really, there's no no backlog of stuff being kept in a warehouse anywhere anymore. So that's another hiccup with all of the supply chain is they would usually be able to kind of overproduce at least a little on top of orders to have stuff in storage. So you'd have a warehouse. So if something does happen, you have to have a machine line that goes down or anything like that you're not going to be impacted because you can still fulfill orders that are in the warehouse. 
And then once that line comes back up, then you can, you know, kind of stock back up in the warehouse. That's the normal, you know, the normal manufacturing process right now, because everything was slowed down, pretty much everything that is made is being shipped out. So we're having to wait for things to get made before they can be shipped. So there's no backup. There's no extras in the warehouse whenever you order something or whenever a retailer orders something that they can fulfill those orders with anything in storage already in the warehouse. So they're basically making things at the same rate or actually less than what we're buying. And of course, by we, I mean the collective we as in everybody. So not just the U.S., you know, U.S., Canada, Mexico, Europe, the whole nine, everybody. And that's kind of where we stand right now on the manufacturing side, at least. So until... Some of the COVID restrictions get, you know, lifted in China and Taiwan and, you know, some other places. They're able to get back on their feet a little bit better economically and stop with the rolling blackouts, you know, different things like that. It's going to continue to kind of hamper everything down the supply chain. So moving from manufacturing, whenever you go into actual transportation, again, if you're following on the show prep, this would be the second flow chart down as, as you go it starts with booking or ordering so they have to make have an order to be able to fulfill it once you get that you collect the cargo to go overseas so once everything is made and manufactured then it is trucked to a facility to be able to send it overseas at least in, in our case now you could do this either by plane or by boat the biggest issue right now is more by boat. And of course, when I mean boat, I mean ship as in very humongous, large ship that will hold probably eight to 10,000 of those big giant sea can cargo containers. I know you've seen them on the news and stuff like that. Those are roughly 50 foot long by 10 foot high by probably 10 foot wide, something like that. They're about the same size as an 18 wheeler tractor trailer. So Imagine a boat that can carry 8,000 of those. That's how, you know, these are massive, massive ships. And again, because of COVID protocols and different things on, on the other side, they're having issues getting those loaded. And once they get loaded, then they're coming overseas. And that usually takes a week or two, you know, of go, coming across the Pacific. So that's a really, really, that's a pretty good journey, to be honest. But once they're here then normally they come into port and they're unloaded as fast as they can, which normally if you got to do that many containers, it'll take a week to do one ship. Now, one of the big problems that we have on our side is that once the ships do dock and start unloading, they, they're running out of space to put all of those cargo containers because they don't have enough trucks and truck drivers to actually move those cans out into the U.S., so we're having issues with drivers, with trucks, you know, stuff like that coming from those big ports to be able to transport all those goods across the country. Now, there's some of these big ships can only be unloaded at the port of Los Angeles, which is the biggest port in the U.S. They have the biggest cranes, the, you know, the stuff to be able to unload these massive, massive ships. So that's the only place that they can actually dock and be unloaded. Some of the smaller ones, they can be redirected to other ports like Long Beach or, you know, up and down the West Coast 
or even, you know, come across the other side and do in Florida and South Carolina. There's there's a couple New York, different places. But for the most part, the biggest ships have to be unloaded there because that's the only place that can fit them. Now, again, not only is it truck drivers and trucks that they're having issues with, but it's also some of the COVID protocols out in California. They're a lot more restrictive than some other places in the country. So, again, you're having issues with that to try to abide by those COVID protocols that are disrupting stuff and shipping on this side to be able to unload all of those those boats. Now, there's normally two to three boats waiting outside, you know, outside in open water to, to come into the port, at least in Los Angeles and Long Beach. Right now, there's over 100. So there's a huge backlog in just ships that are offshore that need to be unloaded. Most of these ships that most of the time, if there's only two or three ships there, they're there for maybe a day or two before they can get into port and start being unloaded. Right now, it's two to three weeks before they can get in for some reason. I'm, I'm still not sure the reason there's conflicting reports on a lot of what's going on over there. So I'm not 100% sure. So I don't want to give you bad information. So I'm not going to say exactly why, because I really don't know. So I'm going to leave it at that and just say, okay, well, they taking a long time to get them. But even when they are unloaded, again, you're still missing trucks and drivers and stuff like that to move that product back into the U.S. Now, some of the workarounds that they've been kicking around and trying, at least right now, I know some of the big manufacturers and some of the big retailers around in the U.S., Walmart, Amazon, Lowe's, Home Depot, uh, I think Target and a few other ones, they're actually hiring their own charter boats the smaller boats that can carry just their product so they can be unloaded at a smaller port where there's not as much congestion and they can get all offloaded faster. So that's one thing that they're trying to do. And as far as I know, most of them are having a decent bit of success with it. So we're still having that backup in that, you know, in the port of Los Angeles right now. And I know that they have said that they're going to Start with 24-7 unloading, which they were doing before, as far as I was understanding. But, you know, they're pushing FedEx and UPS to unload faster and more product and stuff as they go. I don't know how much exactly that's going to help us very much, to be honest. But, I mean, it's it's something. So at least they're trying something. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for that. But as far as a long-term solution to that, that is definitely not a long-term solution. That is a very short-term solution for something along that line. There's got to be some major systemic change going forward to be able to actually handle that problem and clear that backlog and get everything, you know, working like it should be. And now we'll move on to chart number three. And this is basically kind of the consumer side of it, the side that we see. And what it is, is basically you make an order from a retailer, be it Walmart, Amazon, what have you, you make that order, they go out and get that cargo that they have in the warehouse, get it ready to ship and send it to a carrier. Those carriers are going to be your DHL, your UPS, you know, FedEx, Amazon delivery is, you know, whatever carrier they happen to use. Uh, there are some freight ones, too, that you get, you know, to the house. Not not many because it's not often you get something that big that requires an actual freight dr drop. But, you know, that's basically what you're doing. 
and then once the carrier gets it, they get it ready to go. They load it on the truck, and they transport it from the warehouse where they picked it up to their warehouse, and then it goes through their system until it's delivered to you. Now, really and truly, we don't have a whole lot of things going wrong with this section of the supply chain because once we get the product and once you have the stuff in the system, then you can actually deliver it. And getting those deliveries is not the issue that we're having. It's the problem of getting it here and off the boats. So, you know, this third section of the supply chain is kind of the part that's really not broken at the moment. And there are some things that, you know, if we start losing delivery drivers because of COVID protocols or different things like that, then things can break down in this area as well. But for the most part right now, everything seems to be okay, at least for the moment. So, you know, for this part, we're actually doing pretty good. But as I'm sure you've noticed, there's a lot of empty gaps on the shelves at grocery stores and at other stores. And again, that comes with mostly things that are a little bit further up the supply chain than what the retailers can control. They can put the orders in, but if they're not being made, if the items they're doing are not being made or they're not being delivered or being able to be unloaded, then, you know, everything else breaks down and there's a gap on the shelf. So it's, it, it is a living, breathing, amorphous thing, you know, this supply chain, quote unquote, that everybody talks about. But it is one of the things that I think was very important to kind of run through because it's going to affect everybody, whether it's going to be shortages in grocery stores or, you know, stuff on the shelves for Christmas or anything along that line. It's going to affect everybody. And it's something that we need to take seriously and they need to try to get it right the first time. You know, this is that's not something that you can say, OK, we're going to try this and see if it works. You know, there are standards, there are protocols, there are normal things that you can do. And they have done in the past that you can go back to and say, OK, well, this is what we need to do, you know, to get things back in order. And then hopefully they'll actually do those things and not try to muck it up a bit. But for some reason, a lot of times people think that they're smarter than the average bear. So they tweak things a little bit here and there and try to make it their own and, you know, things like that. And they may end up getting away from what's known to work. Now, granted, I do that, but hey, I run a podcast. I can do that. It's not a big deal. I don't run a multi-million dollar company. If I did, I'd be a lot more conservative than what I am now with my decisions. I can promise you. Now, one thing I would love to be able to tell you is that this is going to be solved in the next few weeks. That would be awesome. I would love it. I would take great pride in saying that, okay, we know when all of this is going to come to a halt and everything will start filling back up on shelves and blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, I can't do that because my Magic 8-Ball is broken. And even if it was working, Magic 8-Balls are crap and they don't work anyway. So this may be something that's with us for a little while. Like I'm talking, it might go into 2024, 2025. This may be a couple of year thing until everything, you know, slows down and kind of equals out. So this may be, we may be in this for the long haul here. So... I'm not telling you to panic buy, you know, that's, that's not healthy for anybody at all. We saw that with the toilet paper thing at the beginning of COVID, 
you know, don't do that. That's it, that's not a good idea at all. <laughs> so what I can tell you is be particular with your purchases, whether it be tech items, whether it be groceries, whether it be anything. Right now is not the time to panic buy and, you know, waste everything. Right now is the time to be very deliberate in what you buy. You know, buy only what you need for right now. Maybe stuff to have just in case something happens. But don't overdo it. Just kind of be very particular, very, very deliberate and methodical with your purchases. So if there is something that you want, say you need a new iPhone. You know, if you really need one and yours is broken, you know, that's fine. Those are fairly common right now. You know, maybe instead of getting the latest and greatest, you know, right now, the iPhone 13, instead of getting that, maybe look toward the iPhone 12. You know, you save a few bucks, plus you get a new phone. You know, something stuff like that is going to end up helping in the long run. We go get through it. It's just going to, it just might take a lot, a little bit longer than normal. I really wish I had better news on that, but unfortunately, you know, it is what it is at this point. The only thing we can really do is, you know, be very deliberate in what we do and try not to exacerbate the situation any more than it needs to be. And that class is where we're in things today. I did well, not too bad. An entire Econ 101 course in 20 minutes, I'll take it. And just like I like to end every podcast, a paraphrase from Albert Hubbard, technology can replace the work of many people, but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. I love you. Don't forget, check out the website, Down South IT Podcast, for the show prep. That way you can follow along. I'll see you right back here on the next Down South IT Podcast. Class dismissed. <laughs>